Looks like y'all finally caught up to the ref. Yeah. Quote, unquote, I do a bunny ears right now. Welcome to the new year. As I stated many a times, I start to celebrate my new years back in October and November. And tonight we're going to get into more detail about why that is. I have talked about it a couple times over the past, I don't know, forever years. And over, especially over this past month. But tonight we're going to get into more in-depth conversation about that. So right now, let's get this party started. Everyone in the PS universe, it is time to gather around. Close those curtains, turn off the lights, spark up some candles, put the youngins to bed, get your favorite swerve on. It's time to get down, time to get funky, time for PS after dark. Let's be good. If not, be good at it. New episode of PS You Got the Mix lands Monday and Friday morning, 8 a.m. If you're heading that way, get into the mix. Good tunes, good times. New episode of the PS After Dark drops Wednesday morning, 8 a.m. on Spotify, Apple Podcast, and Google Podcasts. Find us on Twitter. See y'all on the other side. All right, let's get up in here and do this. PS Universe, welcome to PS After Dark. Now, my boy's on break again. <laughs> the idea was... We were supposed to take off this week because of Christmas and everything. But, dude, Christmas went by so quick. I mean, literally, by Monday afternoon, pfft, done. It was on Monday, right? Hold on, let me check my calendar real quick. Uh, Yeah, yeah, yeah. Around 2 or 3 o'clock, our Christmas was done. It was done and done because we're my old lady's work schedule and everything like that. So we had Christmas dinner, like, a couple days after things, you know, along those lines. Whatever you want to call it. <laughs> so I contacted my crew and I said, hey, we ain't got going on this week. Do y'all want to get on here and record something with me? And they're like, no, no, we're on break. You know, we're going to take our break and everything because of Christmas. I said, Christmas is over with. <laughs> so I was like, okay, y'all chill. Y'all relax. I go throw some shit out there. So I decided to come out here and go into more detail about why I celebrate my new year in October and in November. And it has to do with a lot of with my upbringing of being um a part of the esoteric the occult magic witchcraft you know paganism whatever you want to whatever label group you throw me out there whatever it is but that's just how i am i, I am part of the acoustic theater as well as all y'all are also and i don't relate here to linear timelines now i got to apply myself or agree to these things such as a calendar dates times and all that because of Legal issues, medical issues, financial issues, what have you, real common, you know, everyday life issues. I have to do these things. But in my heart, in my mind, in my spirit, in my soul, every essence of me, I, I, I got a different belief structure, if you will. And I know a lot of people are sitting there shaking their heads going, we get it. You talk about it all the time. I say, I know I talk about it all the time, but here's the thing. What if you heard it from some, another source? Would that make it more different? Will that, you know, give you a better perspective of what I'm talking about? Now, I know a lot of y'all get it. I know. I, and that's one thing I do appreciate. Dude, I fucking appreciate y'all for getting that shit. So, right now, before we get started, how about this? Since it is the quote-unquote new year, anybody who's not here tonight, raise your hands. Awesome. I didn't see nobody raise their hands. So, y'all in, y'all in for the, y'all in for the groove. So what I did was I pieced together some videos talking about these certain subjects and everything. And we're going to start off with this one right here, if I can find it correctly. <laughs> 
For many people around the world, January 1st offers an opportunity to make a fresh start with a new year. But we bet you didn't know that over the last 4,000 years, New Year's wasn't always celebrated on the 1st of January. The original New Year's celebration, the massive Babylonian religious festival of Akitu, was held every year around the spring equinox. In 46 BC, Julius Caesar introduced a new calendar that was synced to the sun instead of the moon, officially moving New Year's celebrations from March 1st to January 1st. In the Middle Ages, the Christian Church did away with many of the ancient Roman festivals because of their pagan roots. As a result, New Year's was celebrated on various dates throughout medieval Europe. Finally, in 1582, Pope Gregory XIII overhauled the calendar system again. The Gregorian calendar, which we still use today, restored January 1st as New Year's Day. Even today, some countries and cultures follow a lunar, not solar, calendar and hold their New Year's celebrations at different times of the year. Rosh Hashanah, the Jewish New Year, and the first day of Muharram, the start of the Islamic calendar year, are both celebrated in the fall. And the Chinese New Year, which lasts for a whole month, begins in late January or early February. New Year's traditions also vary from country to country. In Spain, people eat 12 grapes in the seconds leading up to midnight. Other cultures also eat special foods for New Year's. Greeks eat ring-shaped cakes with silver or gold coins baked inside. In China, a dumpling represents hope for an auspicious New Year. And in Japan, long buckwheat noodles symbolize long life. Since 1904... Here's one they actually forgot about. Well, they didn't mention that. I'm not sure why they didn't mention it. But I guess it's very popular in the South where I come from. I mean, a lot of people... I think I've seen it start being adopted and towards the Midwest and the Northern states. But we have a, I guess, basic tradition for New Year's, and it's black eyed peas and collard greens. And the idea is to eat one black eyed pea per day, per year. So, you know, 365 days, eat 365 black eyed peas for a good luck day for each day of the year. If y'all know about those things, groovy on you. If you don't, now you know. And knowing's half the battle. G.I. <laughs> Joe! Crowds have packed New York's Times Square for one of the most famous New Year's traditions of all, the dropping of the ball. At midnight, hundreds of thousands of people enjoy the mesmerizing kaleidoscopic effect with nearly 16 million vivid colors and billions of patterns. From champagne and fireworks to resolutions and fresh starts, New Year's has always been many things to many people. And it has a long and colorful history that we bet you didn't know. Alright, the first part of that right there. I just wanted to throw it out out there because uh, like I said I talk about this quite a bit all the time. And I sometimes people get confused when I say these things, but like I said, a lot of times y'all do get it, and that's one thing I do appreciate. Well yeah, New Year's was not always New Year's on January first. And when they talk about the um Julius Caesar calendar, it's funny because back then they only had ten months a year at three hundred uh, three hundred five days. I believe it was. Hang on, I took notes. Yeah, 305 days for that year. So they decided to add, add on two more, two more months based on Roman officials, you know, gods, whatever, people, great people, elites, whatever you want to call them. And they added January and February. But now it's funny because they added January and February to the end of the year, which actually started in the winter solstice around November, December. So that was actually considered the beginning of the year.
no here, no there, like I said. So they created the Julian calendar and adhere to a 12-month calendar, giving some days longer, some days shorter, if you will, because they added two more months on there, which gives them at least 60, you know, days to pick up. What So, but how did they choose to give January 31 days and February 28 days? Y'all go look those things up because that's what I do. I go research. But I'm here to talk about is why I celebrate the actual um, turning of the seasons, the equinoxes, the solstices, and everything like that. Because that's something that, that I adhere to in my life and my belief and everything like that. So we're going to run a couple more videos. And this one right here will explain a little bit more the changing of the seasons itself. The winter solstice, when the sun appears to be reborn from out of the darkness of winter, was the most celebrated religious occasion in ancient times and still is today. Millions continue to celebrate it according to their ancient traditions, and billions celebrate Christmas at the time of winter solstice. What is it about the winter solstice that has made it such an important event? Most think it's just a simple celebration of the return of the sun and turn of the seasons essential to agriculture. But in this video, I'm going to look at the evidence which reveals that for many, it had a far deeper spiritual meaning. Ancient people built massive temples, pyramids, mounds and stone circles aligned to the sun on this day, including the largest temple complex in the world, revealing it had a very special religious significance. I'll explore the symbolism of some of these sites to reveal the spiritual meaning the winter solstice held to ancient peoples. I'll also show that it was part of a very ancient belief that spread across the world in prehistory. The winter solstice generally occurs on the 21st or 22nd of December in the Northern Hemisphere and the 21st or 22nd of June in the Southern Hemisphere. It's one of the four major transitions in the Earth's journey around the Sun. These are expressed in the ancient yin-yang symbol found in China, Europe and Mexico. It illustrates how the year can essentially be divided into a light half in which the days are longer than the nights, bringing the season of summer, and a dark half in which the nights are longer than the days, bringing winter. Because of the obliquity of Earth's orbit, the Sun's influence on Earth waxes and wanes in a cycle that forms the basis of our year. Even in the darkest night, the Sun rises again. This knowledge is now returning as we piece it back together. Ancient people showed how the rising winter solstice Sun symbolizes creation, which not only takes place within the universe, but can also take place within us. Like the latent seed buried within the darkness of the Earth, germinated by the rays of the returning sun, so too can each one realize their enormous spiritual potential. The dark half of the year represents the darkness of the human body, psyche and material existence. But like the newborn winter solstice sun, the divine sun comes to bring spiritual light and life to one's inner darkness. Acting as a savior, he eventually returns someone to the divinity of their own higher nature. Many ancient people saw this knowledge written in the sun and stars and encoded it in their greater sacred sites. Far from being simple-minded sun worshippers, they had understood profound mysteries of the universe. Celebrating the winter solstice allows us to reconnect with their incredible ancient wisdom. Just as they did, we can celebrate the principles of life as they are happening in nature and reflect on one of its greatest mysteries of how we can be spiritually reborn. Yeah, see, that's what I say. I like that right there. I had to cut that out a little bit. There's a lot more video on that. If you want to find that, you can find it on YouTube. But um, the idea is there's been 
many of cultures, many of cultures and belief structures based around the changing of the years due to the seasons themselves, the equinoxes, the solstices, all those things. And mine was right there, right in there, because I am a, I believe in Sam Samhain, Sam Hain, Halloween, the festival of the saints, you know, uh, All Saints Day. And that's between October and November, which is around the time of the fall equinox. Now, coming into the winter solstice is what I consider to be changing of the guard, if you will. We start at the beginning of the new year, working our way towards what's coming up as the changing of the seasons themselves. Like I said, when I say it, I already celebrate my New Year's Eve and New Year's Day, which is true because I chose Halloween and November 1st as the New Year's New Year's Day for me because I, I adhere to a lot of belief structures in this world, and that's one thing I hold dear and true to my heart. And just like many cultures before us, they've done the same things. Now, it's ironic, it's ironic that there have been so many cultures and so many spiritual beliefs, religious organizations, well, religious people out there that actually believe in these things, but then the politicians stepped in and says, no, 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 we're going to do this right here. We're going to create this counter system and, and do these things. Then years later, we had the the Catholic Church step in and said, no, 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 we're going to redo the calendar and do this right here. But now, did anybody ever ask us how we felt about these things? How how we had to follow by their guidelines, their rules, their situations? No, that's that's never the case. And like I said, if you follow the patterns, it's like that. Like I said, I tell everybody, what's going on right now in the world, this is not new. This has just been going on since the beginning of time. If you are in power, if you have money, you have influence, you have the uh, status of the elite, whatever, you can change whatever rule you, rule you want, then we got to follow by it. That's just the way it is. And the whole time they're screaming, we did this for you because we care. <laughs> get, get the fuck out of here with that bullshit. But then again, like I said, it's for everybody out there to be an individual and figure out what you want to believe in. You know, if y'all want out Sunday night, Monday morning, hold on, let me check my calendar one more time. <laughs> That's funny. I, there's some bullshit for you. So Sunday night, if y'all went out there and partied your asses off, you know, did whatever you want to do, celebrate the ball drop in and sing the songs and all that, dude, I have no problem with that. I have no problem with that whatsoever. I just want y'all to know where the actual traditions, you know, came from, the things, the changing of the calendars, that kind of deal. So you can decide for yourself that, hey, wait a minute, maybe I don't want to celebrate with the elites <laughs> because, you know, I, I, I want to be an individual. But then again, I, I was the same way. For years and years, I celebrated a lot of these traditional holidays. Um, New Year's Eve, New Year's Day, Valentine's Day, St. Patty's Day. You know, all, I mean, all the things out there. Then I started finding out a history on these things. And I'm like, wait a minute. That's not who I am. Why should I adhere to these things? But I will never turn anybody away from doing their own thing. So we got another video to bring up. And this will explain something about why I, I personally chose to go with the traditional or for me it's the um yeah i guess the traditional idea of changing of the year to halloween because of what the once again the powerful the elite the influencers did and it just rubs me the wrong way today on the daily dose the history of april fool's day while the exact origins of april fool's day remain shrouded in debate some historians have speculated that April Fool's Day dates back to 1582, when France switched from the Julian calendar to the Gregorian calendar, 
as mandated by the Council of Trent in 1563. Since the Julian calendar places the new year on April 1st, people who were slow to get the news or failed to recognize that the new year had moved to January 1st became the butt of jokes and hoaxes when dullards continued to celebrate New Year's on April 1st. Frenchmen in the know would place a paper fish on the back of ignorant revelers, calling them Poisson d'Avril, or April Fish. And that's the thing, is like, I, I enjoy April 1st being Fool's Day, but when I found out what it was all about, and the idea was, once again, the powerful, the elite, the influencers and everything, change the new year because they follow the new year um as as the turning of the sun itself not the moon or the lunar phases and everything like last in the march will be considered um going into the new year and that's working towards the spring equinox if you will because we come out of the summer the winter solstice and now we're working on the the spring equinox so that's going to be that's how a lot of people back then judged the idea of the changing of the year and April 1st was right there, beginning of the new year. So when they change this around, now I, I've heard a lot of different theories on, um, well, news didn't travel fast, so people didn't get the message, whatever. But I still stand by the idea that, like I said, if you're in stature, if you are in power, if you have all this money, you're an elitist, you really don't care about common folks. And there was a lot of folks that actually didn't care to change with the, the politicians, the religious um, authorities, the elites and everything because they's like no fuck that we're still going to celebrate new year's because they had that belief in like i say belief in their heart of the changing of the year being april 1st so those people were either the peasants the poor the serfs or the outright you know fuck you we're not doing that and they call them april fool or they call them fools so nowadays we play we play practical jokes based on the idea of the elites going we're going to change shit around and not tell anybody except for our friends, our inner circle, our, you know, people that we want to get around, which is people of money and influence and in power. That's why when I when I heard that, when I first read that, it was like several years ago. I was like, oh, you got to be kidding me. Really? I was like, no, you took away another holiday that I enjoy because I really enjoy New Year's Eve. I, I really enjoy, you know, going to my friends, going to bars sitting at home with a bunch of friends, hanging out, doing the whole party games. I, I really enjoyed those things. At the same time, I knew it wasn't for me spiritually and mentally, if you will. So I took it upon myself to go back and go with what I, makes me feel better as a person, better as a human being. Because we all know that, you know, all of us suffer from some kind of mental affliction, some kind of negative burden that weighs on upon us. And, you know, I, I'm right there with y'all. I'm, I'm right there with y'all. So once again, like I said, I chose beginning of the new year as October 31st because I love Halloween. I love Sa Samhain and Sam Hain. Uh, I love those traditions because that's part of who I am. Like I said, it's for you to figure out what you want to do, you know. So if y'all survive, it's Halloween or, I'm sorry, I, I apologize. If y'all survive this New Year's, New Year's Day, I'm glad y'all are here with me tonight. So I got one more to show y'all and this actually ties in all the things I've been talking about as far as the... St. Samhain, Halloween, Changing of the Guards. So let's roll that film in. So, I don't know about you, but Halloween is my favorite time of year. Word up, sister! I discuss ghosts, witches, ghouls, and monsters, basically all year round. But Halloween is when they really get their time to shine. 
and also I seem a bit less weird for discussing them during this time of year. So today, Here. we know Halloween as trick-or-treating or dressing up. But where did everything come from? Why do we dress up in scary costumes? Why do we give treats from door to door? Or why do we carve pumpkins? Well, over the next few videos, we'll be diving into the history of Halloween and exploring the little stories and the myths around its origin. So the original source of Halloween is Samhain, or Samhain, an ancient Gaelic festival marking the end of the harvest season at the beginning of the winter. The Celtic tradition of Samhain dates back over 2,500 years and was a celebration of the halfway point between the autumn equinox and the winter solstice. Samhain would begin at dusk around October 31st and likely lasted three days. The celebration of the division between the year's lighter and the darker halves was celebrated throughout the ancient Celtic communities of Europe, including Ireland, Wales and Scotland, where I live. Yeah, like I said, there's a little short one right there. That just gives you a better idea of what I'm talking about when I say my changing of the new year begins around that, that time, around the fall equinox going into the winter solstice which happens to fall on Halloween and New Year's for, and New Year's 1st or November 1st, if you will. But I'm still groovy with anybody out there who wants to celebrate the dropping of the ball, singing the songs, making your resolutions, whatever. I, I'm cool with all those things. I really am. So, But I poke fun. Don't get me wrong. I will poke fun. Now, since we are on talking about poking fun, let's talk about in my lifetime, there has been one famous new year's eve and if you know what you know if you don't you don't but i'm pretty sure a lot of y'all remember this stuff and if you did if you weren't around back then go look it up there's a lot of videos on this there's a lot of people out there and bless it my tinfoil hat motherfuckers i, I love y'all man the most famous new year's eve of all time there still exists a general state of either denial complacency or even apathy about both the reality and the potential effects of Y2K. By the end of the 90s, many of us were happy slaves to our computers. But our new masters had a trick they'd forgotten to tell us about. The basic idea on Y2K was that, for convenience, all these computer programs, when it came to do dates, you only needed two numbers. Why use four numbers when you only need two? And then they recognize what date is a computer going to think it is when we get to 2000. One simple date change for man, one major screw-up for computer. At the stroke of midnight, January 1st, 2000, elevators may stop. Heat may vanish. Credit cards and ATMs may cease to function. Airplanes and trains may come to a halt. People were terrified the world would... I'm going to pause it right there for a second. I'll, I'll back that up. But I just wanted to point out, dude, this is Captain fucking Spock. This is Leonard Nimoy talking this shit. And I know he's a paid actor to give his, um, read a script, throw these things out there because he's a very well-known person in the world. But I've heard the theory all my, oh, not all my life, but leading up to 2K was the idea that at stroke of midnight, all the computers in the world are going to shut down. They're going to launch missiles. We're going to lose technology. I mean, everything in the world is going to just shut down, blah, blah, blah. But here's the thing. They didn't include the idea that midnight is not the same time around the world. 
Because if you're on the East Coast, you know, midnight happens. What's happening on the West Coast? What's happening on another hemisphere? What's happening on, on the other side of the globe? Not Midnight does not happen at the exact same time. Which part of the world at midnight would have actually shut down? That's the question I, I told everybody. You're like, well, it happened at the same time. No, because if we learn anything, time does not matter when you're looking at how the actual Earth rotates, revolves around the sun. You got the lunar and you got the solar. So which point to point are we looking at? And when does 12 a.m. actually occur for everybody at one point in time? It doesn't. Let's get back into this. People were terrified the world was going to end. This is not one of the summer movies where you can close your eyes during the scary parts. With nearly everything in our economy run by computers, the prospect of a digital meltdown is too huge to contemplate. I was worried because the whole computer game was new to us and I was a little ignorant. We didn't know what we didn't know. And many thought what we didn't know was going to hurt us. There was a fear. Everything's in the internet, everything's in computers, and we're gonna lose it all. And Jesus is coming back. With pre-millennium tensions growing, the president appoints a crisis management expert to prevent a Y2K meltdown. Eight to 10% of the population were fairly confident that this was gonna be uh, an apocalypse. The president called me one night and said, here's an office and an assistant and don't let the world stop. All right, y'all heard that now. Here's the thing. If anybody remembers in 1999, the president of the United States was Bill Clinton. And I said, I got nothing against Bill. I, I, was, all, I was all about it. I said, when a man ran for office and he goes, I smoke marijuana, but I did not inhale. I'm like, you're a lying motherfucker, but that's what makes you a cool dude because anybody who does anything dirty is going to lie about it. Like he had sexual problems in the Oval Office, the White House, whatever. He denied it. He lied about it. That's what, that's what a good guy does, <laughs> if you will. You get caught doing dirty, you're going to lie about it. It's like even being a kid. You do something wrong in the house. Parents confront you about it. Oh, it wasn't me. It was not me. Even if you're your only child. No, it wasn't me. It was somebody else. You know, it's always deny, deny, deny. I, I remember in 1999 when I heard that guy say, the president contacted me. That's why it, it confirmed for 100% fact that this motherfucker was smoking dope. Can you imagine just sitting around the White House? Oh, fuck the world is going to end. I need to call somebody. Because, you know I mean? The idea is marijuana makes you paranoid, if you will. And I can't say that it's not true. Can't confirm, can't deny, if you will. Because I don't get paranoid on marijuana. I don't get paranoid on all that shit. But there are a lot of people that will associate marijuana with um, paranoia. But yeah, I can imagine the president calling up going, Hey man, is the world going to end? I don't know. I'm having weird thoughts right now. Tell everybody that we're going we're gonna to find out and fix this shit. But can you imagine receiving that phone call? It's like... I don't know, a week before. Hey, don't let the world in. I got shit I got to do. <laughs> I'm groovy with that. I've also read articles that said Gen Xers were afraid of the Y2K scare. They they were dumbing, doubling down and, you know, doing bunkers, um, prep shelters, stocking up for the end of the world and blah, blah, blah. Dude, I don't remember anybody in my life from like 1990 to 1999 doing those things. I mean, people are talking about it, but I was like, no, I got different plans. And that's what I'm saying. That, that's the thing that's, that's crazy about me. Well, there's a lot of things crazy about me, but I had plans 
for 1999. And it goes back to when I was a little Reverend Pride Daddy. In 1982, Prince came out with a song, and y'all know it. It's 1999. Now, I was around 11 years old. I started calculating. Okay, in 1999, I would be around 28 or so. So, this, say, this you know, was about 17 years to prepare for the biggest party the world would ever see. And like I said, wasn't nobody talking about, you know, Y2K back in <laughs> 1982. But coincidentally, there was, though. There were actually people out there writing books around 1984. There's some coincidental, coincidental irony or phony stuff going on with these dates. So y'all just hang out with me for a second. So people actually were theorizing the fall of civilization, uh, technology and everything with the advent of computer use technology use itself so people were writing books about it in the mid 80s whatever we weren't reading a lot of books now i was because i was fascinated with all kinds of shit and i'm pretty sure a lot of people out there doing the same thing to be a regular person in this world you were watching mtv you were shopping you were socializing you you know you know what a gen x is everybody knows what a gen x is i think the adults themselves weren't even paying attention because they had to go work two jobs, you know, work three jobs, I mean, single family homes, um, whatever you want to call, whatever the situation was, I think a lot of the common folks, once again, did not pay attention to these things or gave a fuck about them because they had to deal with real world situations, feeding the family, keeping a roof over your head, electricity, water, you know, basic life essentials, those are things we actually focused on. Now, so, like I said, in 1984, they were theorizing and writing books and all these things. And, but they left it up to the talking heads to do those things. Like I said, we were Gen Xers and we were trying to live the best life that we can. And like I said, here we go with the coincidental funny, if you will. In the late 40s, George Orwell wrote a book based on what? Y'all know what I'm talking about. George Orwell's 1984, which was based on what? That's right. The fall of mankind linked to thought and speech control, but not from computers, but other humans. Ah, uh, just good shit right there. But it was around, I, I would say it was around 1995, 1994, 1995. People actually started paying more attention, if you will. I started talking about, you know, implications of Y2K and the fall of mankind due to the failure of computers. Huh. Yeah, the same computers that were developed and programmed by human beings. Hmm. Now, once again, like I said, in 1995, I, I know there was like four years left for me to celebrate the prophecy of Prince in 1999. Wasn't worried about Y2K. We talked about it, threw it out there, but I still had plans. I, I've been planning this stuff since I was 11 years old. There wasn't nothing going to stand in my way. End of the world be damned. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? End of the world be damned. But I'm sure there was a lot of people out there in this world who were actually felt the Y2K animosity, tragedy, the fear of the actual collapse of humankind due to a fuwar failure on humans because humans program their computers. Well, once again, Y2K came and gone and the world was still here. I was still here. You were still here. Now we fast forward to 2018 and we see the signs of George Orwell's 1984 started to become more and more relevant. It was almost like someone had read that book back in the 40s and designed a new world order. 
Hmm. There's that tinfoil hat coming into play. So here we are. Let me throw this out to y'all. Here we are right now looking at Y2K24. A lot of new blood in this world. A lot of new thoughts in this world. A lot of new people in this world. And y'all know who you are. So let me ask you this. Can you see the patterns? Can you connect the dots? Can you be you for you? That's what I want to know. Other than that, man, like I said, it's not hard being me. But it's definitely a lonely road because I've never really been part of the popular group. I've always had a group of or gathering of outcasts such as myself, misfits, people that are thrown out, shunned, whatever, because we're strange, we're funky, we're just weird, weirdos, if you will. And those are always my friends and families and loved ones. And I remember, like I said, when I contacted my co-host and said, do y'all want to come on and do a show this week and record her? Like, no, we're going to take a break. You need to take one also. And I thought about that. I was like, no, because the idea of doing these things is what I've said I've been trying to build for the past, you know, 30-something years. A way to connect with everybody in the PS, well, in, in the multiverse, in the Akashic Theater. And that's what I'm saying. Y'all are my family. Y'all are my loved ones. Y'all are my friends. Y'all are my circle of my freaks and geeks, my nerds and nerdettes. All my lovely wing nuts, the outcasts, and each and every one of all. I love y'all, man. I love y'all. So here we are right now. I'm doing the bunny ears again, quote unquote, New Year. I want y'all to be ready for all the shit that's going to go down. And man, it's going to be a wild ride. But I want you to think for yourself. That's all I'm asking, man, seriously. And I know it's so, e it's so much easier to get on bandwagons, to... Join other people and, you know, believe in what you believe in. And I have no problem with that. I have no problem with that. But you got to remember, you are an individual. You are an individual. But if you don't, fuck it. I want you to be good. If not, be good at it. And like I said, growing up from 11 years old, I was planning, planning 1999. And you know what? We're going to let the man himself <laughs> remind us of why we are having fun in this world.
that shit, man. I love y'all. So, like I said, tonight was all about sharing with y'all some ideas of when I talk about things and giving you a different perspective or different um sources, if you will, and to give you a better idea of what I talk about. Because, like I said, sometimes I come off a little temporal hat. I come off a little bullshit. I come off a little blowhard. I come off a little strange, whatever. But that's just who I am. Because I, I'm not sure when I was a kid... Why the programming didn't stick? Why did it affect me? Because I, I'm I'm 100% sure that they were trying to program us, you know, back in the 80s, just like they did in the 90s, in the 2000s, 2000s. It's always been a way to find a way to get us to adhere to their thinking. And I'm not sure why it didn't work. It could be because of my lizard brain. I don't, I don't know. I really don't. That's what keeps me going forward is knowing that where I came from and where I am now is two different worlds. But it's also the same universe, the Akashic Theater. And I'm glad to be here with each and every one of y'all. I love y'all. By the way, did y'all catch our Monday show of PSU Got the Mix? Yeah, that's right. Because this month, I'm actually going to be working on people come up with these lists. Top worst, top best, you know, this and that, da, da, da. So I'm going to bring those out here. And I said this time a couple weeks ago. I want y'all to come help out. Find us on Twitter. Find us wherever you can. Leave us comments because... These lists that I put up, they're not mine. There's people I stuff I find from the internet, and I want y'all's opinion on what y'all consider. If these are right or wrong, if these are worse, if these are best, or these are whatever. Y'all chime in, let us know. And if you want to get on the show and hang out with us and be a guest and share your story, once again, hit us up in the DMs, hit us up in the comments. Somebody will contact you, we'll get together, bring you on the show. Tell your story, share your story. Even if you don't agree with anything that we say on this show, that's fine too. I'm I'm all about having a conversation. But other than that, we're going to get out of here tonight. Rob, give us a call out. Other than that, I love y'all. Uh, yeah, that's about it. <laughs> y'all be good, man. If not, be good at it.